What are the biggest surprises and what are the future concerns for this Florida Panthers team? And what are possible rule changes coming to overtime hockey? Your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into this Thursday, November 16th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Thank you for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers Podcast your first listen of the day. I'm Armando Velez from the Hockey News, and you can follow me on X at MondoMan12. Follow the show account on X and Instagram at LO underscore FLA Panthers. And shout out to the everydayers who come back here and get your daily Florida Panthers fix. And today's episode is brought to you by. Game time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LockedOnHL for your twenty dollars off your first purchase. So, Florida Panther fans, this is going to be a really fun-packed episode today because we are discussing more of different areas of the Florida Panthers, especially when it comes to performances and what is coming as the horizon is getting a lot closer as far as the injuries and returning players to the lineup. But on today's show, to discuss all this and more, and also to preview tonight's matchup between the Florida Panthers and the LA Kings, is he is one of the co-hosts of the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast and a returning guest on the show. He is Calgary native, Florida Panthers fan, Kirby Lupul. Kirby, welcome back to Locked On Panthers. Thank you, as always, Armando, for having me. And today I'm wearing my uh, California kind of hoodie here. So can you kind of make that out? Nice. <laughs> so as in for the California road trip here. So I was thinking what to put on for the occasion. Because, you know, we're always recording. We're, we're just audio podcast format. So it's always nice to come on here, be on video, um, kind of lock in with your fans that are on YouTube and as well on uh, X platform and all the other platforms that you have. And I know you're always... Uh, very gracious member of our community. And it was nice to have you on our podcast here recently too. And I did catch that one uh, catchy title name of your one episode there with Nick Fairbanks. So that was nice yep. to see. All, Shout out to our community there. All thanks to you with, with, with that, with that and all. And uh, definitely love, love the hoodie when it comes to, when it comes to California and the theme. And for me, I, I always tend to put certain songs on whenever it comes to certain opponents of the Florida Panthers play. I played Hail to the King by uh, Avenged Sevenfold, and another one that I uh, played was Kings and Queens by 30 Seconds to Mars, so in relation to that. But we'll see. Armando, just on that note, I'm starting to create things in our Discord community for each game and our opponents and and a song to try to represent the city. So you're going to have to give me some of your uh, best songs and and options because I'm always thinking of ones and things like that. So. Okay, for for sure, for sure, and we'll do that more off camera once this episode is done, for sure. But uh, when when it, okay, so let's let's do that hockey, my friend. So what? Of course, the Florida Panthers do fifteen games, ten four and one, second place in the Atlantic Division. Just incredible start that the Florida Panthers have had, especially after dropping the first two games of the season and getting off to that road, get that great start to the road trip and all and. You know, just a few topics that I want to discuss more about. I and th- this one is a little bit different that I wanna that I wanna 
a different route that I want to go into. And this is the route of ranking biggest surprises. And depending on how long we take in this segment, we'll discuss in segment number two or the, the end of this segment, biggest future concerns and all. And uh, let's start with ranking with three being the least concerned, one being the most, um, excuse me, biggest surprise, excuse me, uh, biggest surprise as in, uh, and these are the three. Playoff Bob at times coming up big in these first uh, 15 games. Well, starting starting uh, 13 of them. The new defense core, the chemistry that they that they that they've had a lot of left-handed shot D that the Panthers have, and you know, and with a with a, a journeyman like Dmitry Kulikov co- coming back to the Panthers, not knowing what to expect, Nico Mikola and all, which we had, we you had we had a whole bunch of predictions on what the goal production could have been for Nico Mikola, whether it's going to be three or more. And the, and the last one is Sam Reinhardt's hot start to the season. So from three being the, the least biggest surprise to number one being the biggest, what, what is your ranking three to one Kirby? So the least surprising that's tough. I, I could be in the minority here on this one. And I'll explain my number two when I get there. But the least surprising one would be Bobrovsky. Now, I say that because I understand coming into the year we have Stolarts, and I expected Bob to probably get this many starts or close to this number. Because I looked at our schedule, Armando, and we don't have a back-to-back till coming up here now. So the schedule was tough, but it was favorable for the Panthers for a lot of rest days for Bob. And I said one of the keys to the season coming in for me was Bob to be very stable and he doesn't have to go playoff Bob mode, but he has to play a lot better than he did last year in November and December. And I had the confidence that he would, I know he struggled out of the gate when he came to Florida, getting used to the system and things like that. But now second year under Paul Maurice, I thought, you know, Bob and Maurice and the Rob Tallis synergy there, they could kind of figure and piece things together. And they probably figured things out in the playoffs and even down the stretch when they were without Bob there with Alex Lyons. So I know some people will say that's surprising because they'll look that he's leading the league in wins. Again, he did that or was right there. I think he was in our presence trophy year. So I, I knew he was capable of putting up certain numbers. And you were on our podcast. We talked about that 9, 10 save percentage. I said, even if he's under it around 906, 907, 908. And I know you have the numbers in front of you there. Um, I know we're going to get to the right 905. Okay. Mm-hmm. So kind of around where I wanted, maybe a little slightly above, but I'm fine with that. And I know we're going to get to the defense here and things like that, but I thought, you know, Bob, if he can put it together here and, and you're asking me this right now in um, mid November here. So again, we're not talking about this in February or March where I might be a little bit more surprised if he was able to maintain this and play mm-hmm. 65, 70 games at the, whatever happens with the night situation. But I think uh, that's going to play itself out where nights called up or whatever situation is going to be rectified there. Well, Bob, we get some rest days. So I would say Bob is the least surprising to me of the good. And number two, number two and one for you. Number two and one. Uh, so the defense in Reinhardt, right? Well, mm-hmm. yep. Um, my co-host on Spaces, Cody um, Fat Barkoff. We had Sam Reinhardt last year as our hot take last season, finishing um, first with Panthers in points. So I know what Matthew Kachuk ended up doing, Matthew Kachuk things, but I thought maybe he would do that in year two or three for the Panthers coming into a new organization and things like that. And I think Reinhardt might've been able to do it last year. If he was able to stick on that first line with Barkoff there, as we all know, he went back down to the third line where he was accustomed to playing down there with Lundell and Marchman in the past and did quite well, especially in the playoffs. 
this year being able to stick on that top line with Evan Rodriguez and if he's that magic elixir, I know they've been mixing it now the other night there with Verhage coming back up on that top line and um, that wasn't able to kind of click last year manifest into something. So again, if Reinhardt can stick on that top line, which is looking like right now, um, it's surprising that he's like top five, top seven points in the league and he's maintaining that torrid pace. But if you have to get me to rank them, I would say that would kind of be in the middle there. I am a little slightly surprised, but Reinhardt's a top four, top five favorite player of mine on the team. And I know his abilities. And I always say, Bill Zito, sign that man. I wanted him signed in this offseason, in the summer, after he threw that opening pitch at the Miami Marlins game. Mm -hmm. So I knew he had this in him, but to what he's doing right now, it is a little surprising. But again, I think um, I would put that at number two. So that means number one for you is the defense core. Uh, yes. As far as how the Florida Panthers have gone this season, as far as OEL not having the amount of pressure necessary that he had back in Arizona and in Vancouver and all. And and I know you've been down on Gus Forza, especially when he's uh, playing with Aaron Ekblad and all, uh, which at times has been very, very valid as well. So we have the same one as our our, t our number one, but I'm going to flip. I'm going to I'm, I'm going to flip the the two and three. Uh, I think Sam Reinhart is the least surprising because once he got it going last season, which funny enough was on a California trip last year against the Anaheim Ducks where he got two goals and then he ended up getting uh, 30 goals. So imagine in, so from game number 12, I believe at that time on, he was on pace for almost more than 35, 40 goals at that time. And he's well on his way now. So that's the least surprising thing for me. Uh, number two playoff Bob at, at times. Uh, I said uh, I said 13 games that he's played earlier in the segment, but I, I'm it's uh, 12. So apologies uh, for that on getting that one incorrect. But just getting that being at a 905 and think about how the the PK had, had struggled for a bit to start the season now, and we saw him at like 890 uh, towards the start of the season. Now it's picking up more and more, and it's the, it's starting to average out. The numbers aren't skewed anymore. We're not at that point in the beginning of the season where they are. So now we're seeing seeing the Bobrovsky that 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 we saw in, in the postseason at times, and rebound control has been so much better. And the defense core can't say enough about them. And and we even said it during the preseason, the competition that that the internal competition that these guys have had throughout training camp and going into this, it's just it just makes it an even better situation uh, coming into coming into this, and it's manifested into second in the division. So we definitely pleased. I give a lot of credit to Paul Maurice and more than the average person as I was classified as a Paul Maurice apologist last year. And now as of last night, um, our community is starting to say Paul Maurice for Ad for Jack Adams here. So for coach of the year. So it's it's been a crazy 180 change. And this is for coming from some people in our community that were not big fans of Paul Maurice last year either. So mm -hmm. I do give him credit um, on the system and structure. But at the end of the day, I do have to give credit to some of the personnel. Now, there's been points this year where I have not liked certain guys. Gus Forsling early in the year, I was not liking his game. I have not liked Josh Mahura's game for the majority of this year. He's had a couple good games here of late. and But I've, I've felt there's been some big standout players. I was high on Nico Mikola, and he has meted my expectations and then some. I, I saw a lot of the fan base in the offseason, didn't know anything about his game. I did a little film study on him but not a lot, but a bit. And there was a lot of people kind of crapping on what he could add to this team, even when we're at full strength and having him like our sixth, seventh defenseman. I'm like, no way. He's been one of our top guys, <laughs> if not our top defenseman. And then a guy like Uves Belinkis, who I did not like his game at all in the preseason. Well, since the regular season came around, 
he's been a revelation. So he's been really good. And then a guy like Dmitry Kulikov, who I've been a lifelong Panther fan, he's like throwing the clock back some of these games with some of the performance he's had. He's taken some bad penalties. He's had some bad turnovers. But there's been a lot of good mixed in there with the bat as well. And he's playing on his offside, like you said, a lot of these guys are. So I'm very curious to see what the lineup will look like when Montur and Ekblad are back in. But I think Dmitry Kulikov is the most capable to play on his offside. So he could be on that third pairing, maybe right side, Montur in that middle, and Ekblad on the top. But if you just look at the personnel right now and the list that you gave me there, I think the majority of the consensus would be that that is the most surprising. No doubt. And uh, definitely a great situation uh, that that it's created for the Florida Panthers and all. And sorry, but- I want to add in OEL, who I forgot. He's been really good. Um five on five and not as good as I thought on the power play in the summer. I thought, okay, this guy's going to be a substitute teacher for Monter and be really good on our power play for the first month or two, but struggle five on five from some of the stuff I saw in Vancouver. He obviously got slammed by the media there and, and, and the performance there. He didn't, there wasn't a good team built around him, especially in the defensive core when he was in Vancouver and the games that I caught and did some film research on. So I'm like, we'll see what he kind of gives us. But I feel, you know, and people can disagree with me, I feel he's been the best player in the majority of games. And you can look at it and advanced stats-wise, um, eye test-wise, than his partner, Gus Forsling. So I've been totally blown away by OEL, especially when it comes to five-on-five. Five. Do I want a little bit more on the power play? Yes, but I knew he's only going to be filling in there for the short term. And, and then when Mon- Monter comes back, I think that lessens OEL's minutes. And I'm thinking, I'm hoping anyways, less minutes will make him even more effective. Yeah, and and better and quality over quantity when it comes to the, the if if ice time were to be decreased with the the guys coming back. But we're going to transition over to segment number two, where we're going to discuss more about biggest possible future concerns for this Florida Panthers team as they are starting to get health, healthier and and all. We're going to discuss that and more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. And you shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is the fast and easiest way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy, theater events near you. With killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, all their best price guarantee, Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. You can see the view from your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. All in prices show your total upfront so you know what you're getting in a great deal without hidden fees. Buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last minute seats. Find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, hockey, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKNIHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-H-L for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On plus national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment number two here on this Thursday, November 16th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listener today. I'm here with Kirby Lupa, one of the co-hosts of the FLA Cats Hockey Podcast. 
part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, and Kirby, th- this next one, as far as biggest future concerns for the Florida Panthers, uh, and these are the three. We all know that the off one, one of them for context. We all know the offense as far as the Panthers. You know the the the, the they're in the middle of the pack when it comes to scoring and all, uh, and that and most of the scoring has come from the top guns and all, uh, and so this one I want I want to point out depth scoring for the Panthers as far as that as far as biggest future concerns for the Panthers. The the next one is blue line chemistry when injured guys come back, and then the the third one, goaltending and context is if Bob has a bag stretch or injury, and if Spencer Knight comes back, can Spencer Knight also have that performance from the AHL current that he currently is on? Can it reflect back to the NHL? That's a little bit of context. We see with Anthony Stolarz in his three starts that at times he's had a little bit of rebound control, a little bit of of that he's a little late reading some um, cross uh, cross zone passes as well. So, but so we we know a little bit of what we got with Stolarz there. So ranking three to one as least concern to biggest, what are what what would you say your rankings are? Well, I'll kind of play back into my biggest surprises and kind of tie that into you know starting here with my least concern, um, that would be the goaltending situation. Um, again, um, captain of our ship, FLA cats own, uh, David Rodriguez always says, Kirby, don't wish injuries into stuff or don't bake injuries into stuff. But I think that is a reality when it comes to hockey and, you know, some of these players like Aaron Eckblad and different things in our line and, you know, Alexander Barkov as well, but I, I can't really bake that in with Bob or, or Knight. Um, obviously things off the ice and different things like that, that Spencer's dealing with right now. But if you're just talking on the ice um, results based, different things like that, and we're just looking at it right like that and um, saying each guy is ideally hundred percent healthy. I'm not really worried about that. Um, fans really live off of bad goals. And I sometimes question if, what a bad goal is. You know, I've played some goalie, um, you know, I played higher levels of sport, you know, in, in baseball and different things like that, but I played some goal and it's just, you kind of know what a good goal is and what a bad goal is. And we've got kind of a goaltending community within our own fan base that does play goalie or has played goalie in the past. And I'm like, do you guys think that's a bad goal? Twitter's going off right now. And they're like, no, it wasn't a bad goal. And I'm like, that's what I thought as well. So that confirmation um, analysis that I can get immediately from people in our community that have played the goaltending position even more than I have, um, it just, I don't worry about it. And, you know, I think when Bob and I, the problem is when they're both there, you've got Knight on the bench and you've got Bob playing or Bob's on the bench and Knight's playing. But overall, if, if you're asking me with those rankings there, the goaltending situation coming into this year, like I said earlier, uh, isn't a huge concern for me. And even if things start to unravel a little bit, they haven't really. So, you know, I, I, I'm not loving what's how Stolars looked the other night against San Jose, but that's a short-term solution thing. Um, I wouldn't put it in the JoJo category of a couple years ago but maybe it's not quite as good as Alex Lyon, but it's somewhere there in the middle. So I don't know. You just kind of bear with it. Every team has struggles, injuries. They have different deficiencies within their roster. So for us, I think we have a leg up on a lot of teams. Look at Devin Levi right now in Buffalo, for example. So they're in a lot loads of trouble there. So, you know, and their fan base expected him to start 60 games plus games this year. And we were, I was telling them, no, it ain't going to happen for a youngster like that. So I'm just glad that Knight has someone like Bob. I know the contract and everything, but yeah, that would be my least concern yeah and uh that that is uh that would be uh my least uh concern as well when it when it comes to that and number number two for me 
is uh, depth scoring uh, as far as least concerning for me. That is on, on my because I, you know, I was never I was never uh, concerned about Matthew Kachuk even even when the goals weren't going. Barkov gets his. We know what his are, but it's all about what what we're gonna see out of out of Anton Lindell. He hasn't had a he hasn't had a lot a, a, had a line even when he was with Kachuk that had a Corsi four over forty four percent. And those are, that's a stat going into last night's game against the San Jose Sharks and all. So what's what? So how is he going to possess the puck more? But thankfully, right as of right now, with the health, knock on wood, that he has he has his current line of Etu Lusterainen and Nick Cousins with him as well. Um, so maybe a chance for him to get going because he's been shuffling um, in and out. And yeah, Ke- Kevin Stenland scored, and and Ryan Lomberg uh, got on the score sheet as well. So what what are we going to see out of them as far as adding on to what the superstars are already uh, doing? And then number one is blue line chemistry uh, for me. Um, are we going to see two right handed shots uh, for Montour and Ekblad together? Are we going to see are we going to see maybe an OEL Ekblad combination? Then Montour, Nico Mikola, and then Dmitry Kulikov, like you said at the top, uh, at the at the top, uh, he is more he is more adaptive to playing on his offside as well for for that so that would be that would be mine as far as my order as far as that how, how about two and one for you uh it's so close and it's a it's a good question that you pose but i'm um, i was thinking of it as you were going through yours and i think i'll just flip it a little bit but again my my low level of concern for this team right now is very low some people panic yeah. after a loss and different things. Like after that Chicago loss, people are like, are we one of the slowest teams in the National Hockey League now, Kirby? <laughs> Just people, the overreaction to losses and and even win streaks that sometimes fans think, okay, we're a little better than we are. Like you said, off air, we're going to have some players come back into the lineup. They're going to make us a lot better because there is some deficiencies right now. But I'll just say number two, defensive chemistry, because I'll explain the reasons why. You know how high I am on Monter, and I think when he comes back, it's going to click. And I think with a guy like Nico Mikola, that would be an ideal middle pairing. And if he's not paired with Mikola, I would like to see Mikola paired with Ekblad. And if that's what unlocks Ekblad's number one D status back to that Norris level caliber defenseman, like what he had at one time with Mackenzie Weger. Um, again, Nico Mikola played with Adam Fox. And to me, when I look back at some of that film, he looked pretty good doing it. And, you know, I don't, I think maybe the underlying numbers maybe weren't there or the raw numbers weren't there. But again, I, I think he's used to doing that. So if he's paired with someone like Aaron Eckblad, and Aaron Eckblad's told, that, hey, you go out there and you be yourself, Aaron, and just play that Norse level 55, 60 point game, be uh, jump up in the rush. You know, you're, you're healthy now. So you're able to skate better and move better. Then you got Monter in the middle pair, not worried about that at all. He's one of the best third, 3D guys in the league if he's on that third line. Um, I worry at, if he's not with Mikola, is it Forsling? Or is it OEL? That that's a little bit concerning for me. But then you get the bottom pairing, and it's like it's a mismatch of Belinkis and Mahura and Mike Riley and all this. And uh, Kulikov will probably end up dropping down there. So again, I wouldn't say our chemistry is off the charts right now. I think we've got away with some stuff. And again, that comes back to Bob, and that comes back to the first line and Alexander Barkov, Reinhard Rodriguez, not only being electrifying offensively, but how much. And Palmeries talked about this the other night after the Hurricanes game, how much they help in their own zone. And I think they've done a lot of help with the pairing of Gustav Forsley and OEL. If you go back and watch this stuff, they've done a good job. So that's not going to change. So our forwards are going to be 200-foot warriors. They're going to be coming back hard on plays, hard on pucks. And you're starting to see that second line roll now. So that's going to help our defensive chemistry and guys get back in there. And then the number one um, 
depth scoring. I'm not worried about it like some are, but if I have to pick one, I am a little concerned about it. And I hear the chatter with the 88 chatter with Patrick Kane, and we brought up a good thing last night on our Spaces post-game show. My co-host Cody said, maybe he's a guy that would unlock Lundell and Lusto on that third line on that right side if you bring in someone like him under cost control where you can pay those bonuses next year. He'll take a very low-term deal, and maybe that works. And then, again, he would help on the PP1, which I tweeted about, and and everyone kind of saw maybe that tweet that I had out there, um, which I think he would be a big difference maker for us on PP1. So, again, I'm worried about that a little bit. But then you got Mackey, and you've got other guys that are able to be called up. And just these guys that are coming lineup, like Lockwood, look good, um, sort of. So, again, it is maybe the most concerning right now because I'm worried about how Lundell and Lusto have been playing, and they really need to start to turn it up here soon. But again, very low to moderate level of concern. But I guess that would be my number one. Yeah, at this point when it comes to that, we're, we're a little nitpicking a little bit when it comes to it. But, you know, this team's not perfect. So that's why we ask the questions of what it could be. And, you know, if it does happen to get there, then we then we circle back at it when the, when the time does come. Hopefully it does not. But we're going to transition over to segment number three where we are going to preview tonight's matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Los Angeles Kings. We're going to discuss that more here on the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers get a $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is super easy to use. And if, if you want to place your bets this week on the Miami Dolphins, who are going to be back after their bye week against the Las Vegas Raiders, who they're hot as well. You can place your bets there at, at FanDuel. Or if you want to place a bet on Kirby Lupo's Dallas Cowboys, who are playing the one-win Carolina Panthers, the only Panthers that you're allowed to root against, uh, you can place those all at, at FanDuel. You can bet up to spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. And more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Third and final segment here on this Thursday, November 16th edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Thank you once again for making the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day here on a Thursday. And... Yeah, we said at the top that we are going to discuss more about three-on-three three hockey, but we are running out of time, and we're going to flip that to another day on talking about three-on-three three hockey. But So we're going to go straight into previewing the tonight's matchup between the Florida Panthers and the Los Angeles Kings, Kings from Crypto.com Arena, or as they say it, the Crypt, which not a fan of that nickname. I think there could be better ones for sure. But uh, Kirby, the Florida Panthers uh, – we spoke. I spoke about the other day about how the the Panthers they played well against the Sharks. They played well against the Sharks. They play well against the Red Wings. It's not that much. It's not so much against the Los Angeles Kings. They are losers of five straight against the LA Kings, and some strange games that the Florida Panthers have had against LA recently. One of them had was a game where the Panthers were had a lot of guys out because of COVID, and that was. December of 2022, Omicron variant came around and all, and it was a, just a, a hard game to watch as far as that 
last year, their home game against LA, that was before the Panthers went on the on the stretch. It was uh, towards the end of January. Panthers didn't show up until the latter half of that of that period of the third of the game. Made it a game, but but too little, too late as far as that. And the LA Kings, the splits are crazy with this team. One three and three at home, seven zero oh, and zero oh, on the road. And there, it's not so much the goal difference, um, the the goals for for the the Los Angeles Kings. It's really the goals against at home. The the goals against Kirby. Listen to this. Four, one point seven one on the road, but at home, they're giving up four per game. So you, that is a two point almost 2.75 difference in goals per game at home for the Los Angeles Kings, but they can score They're As far as the Panthers, they're similar when it comes to the power play. They've given up their fair share of shorthanded chances. The, the guy, the top guns of Kopitar, Kempe, and even a 2020 first round pick. This is a great year for 2020 first round picks to boom. We talked about Byfield. Alexis Lafreniere is also doing well this season. And hopefully Anton Lindell. It's someone that we spoke about last segment. As far as uh, this matchup for the for the Panthers against the LA Kings, well, I didn't even I didn't even mention Pierre Luc Dubois, who's new a new Los Angeles King, and Kevin Fiala, second year LA King. Just it's a team that is possibly ready to take that next step as they went through a little bit of a retool for a few years. How are you uh, viewing this uh, matchup between Florida and LA? I call Mini Barkoff too, Philip Deneau there. Um, that causes. Uh players like Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid, a lot of headaches in past playoff matchups there. Um, yeah, just as you were going through all those matchups, it was bringing out memories of last year with the Jonathan Quick and Matthew Kachuk thing. That's where yep. Matthew Kachuk ended up getting suspended for sticking uh, his stick through the cat eye yeah. of uh, Jonathan Quick's mask there um, at home when Gustav Forsling got ran into the end boards there. It wasn't like a dirty play necessarily, but it looked like he's gonna, his leg was broken, and he comes back out later. So again, that's a that's a big thing about Forsling that we needed last year and some of those defensemen. It's like, oh my God, we're gonna lose this defenseman or lose that one. We're up against the cap. What are we gonna do here? He comes back out, jumps back in the game, and was fine. Everyone was like, Oh, this is this is not good. He's out for the year. So yeah, there's been some weird stuff in LA over the years. I and I know going back to when we weren't a good hockey team, when we were a good hockey team, it's just it's been a little bit of house of horse for us. It's like I I I don't look forward to going to LA, just like I don't look forward to going to Vegas or or MSG. These arenas, some people mentioned the Saddle Dome to me here in Calgary, which I'm very familiar with at times. Those games are really pretty wacky. So it's going to be interesting. Like you said, those splits there and those numbers, what it's going to look like here. Because the Kings, you know, by adding Pierre Luc Dubois and some of the things that they've done with their hockey team, they are trying to get a little bit more offensive and a little bit more explosive. So, again, it's going to be interesting. It's the first game for the Panthers on this back-to-back. So I'm hoping for good vibes, good things. And again, maybe they are saving Ekblad and Monteur for the end of this back-to-back in the Anaheim game because they may, might not want to play them on the back-to-back. So I think our defense is going to be really challenged. We're going to need a Bob game, which I'm assuming he'll be the projected starter. So we're going to need a goalie game. We're going to need our defense collectively as a unit to play very solid. And like you mentioned earlier today, uh, tonight here, Armando, um, maybe get some depth scoring to come in there like we did with Stenlin and Lomberg in San Jose. Maybe we can get that third line going. So uh, I, I have a hard time projecting good things for this one. You know, this could be a tough one. We've talked about it all week in our community and things like that. But uh, 
we'll see how it is. Maybe they're a little bit more acclimated to California and the time zone change. They're going to play a little bit. I wasn't pleased overall with their game in San Jose. Maybe they'll play a little bit better, um, a little bit tighter, and maybe execute a little bit better. So my hopes are pretty low, as usual, for this game, but uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, uh, it, the, and their one win came in a Phoenix play start, and the Copley's in versus Cam Talbot is – incredibly different and can tell it as a 9 day percentage he's been really good i didn't think he would be that good this year he's been really good yeah yeah for and, and a guy who's uh, bounced around a little bit and the vladisov their best deep pair this season is not even their uh top pair of anderson and dowdy it's uh gavrikov and matt roy uh as well their expected goals percentages uh at 61 percent. that's incredible the quality of chances and the byfield kopitar kempe line corsi four of 59 percent with a plus five goal differential as well so just pay, when it comes to development and think about byfield he's also spent a lot of time in the uh, with the ontario rain last year so now he, he's a consistent stay with the la kings they figured they got him playing on the wing now they got to play on the wing and that's like a really big lineup uh a big line i yeah. should say so that could cause panthers problems and here's the thing here's where they this team is very similar um to the Panthers. Both of them uh, are incredible at five on five, um, 38 goals to 29 uh, against for the Los Angeles Kings. And like, I like they and they are neck and neck as far as where they rank as far as power play percentage. So these are teams that go really well, five on five, but not, uh, but not on the power play. And here's a few uh, performances uh, against the LA Kings. Matthew Kachuk does not perform well against the, uh, or at least doesn't per- perform at a point per game against LA. Uh, 14 points in 20 games, five goals, nine assists. But Barkov loves to play uh, LA. Seven goals, nine assists for 16 points in 14 games. Sergey Bobrovsky's record is three nine and two in 16 games with an A98 save percentage, 3.04 goals against uh, average. And this is probably the worst one, but context based on Bennett's situation when he was in Calgary on underutilized yeah. on the wing, playing in the bottom six as well uh three points in 21 games for sam bennett against the la kings in his career so maybe an opportunity for him to get going as far now that he's in a better situation and healthier and and, and all so I, I i want to put some context into sam bennett's numbers against la because you know think about what the panthers traded for him uh the la- the last few years and all and here's the thing as well for la they haven't played since saturday so they are very very well rested as well so not expecting a win uh yeah going into la but you never know with how la has performed at home uh throughout this uh young season and all so the rest the rest versus rust factor and something's got to break there when you mentioned matthew kachuk his point streak i believe at seven right now i got a tweet on that for the morning yep so does that streak continue or like you said maybe those historic numbers that haven't been good against la will continue in la's favor so we'll see so yeah we'll we'll see so it's gonna so maybe the Panthers break their five-game losing streak against the Los Angeles Kings uh, right before right before going into Anaheim, which we are going to assume that's going to be a Stolar start in Anaheim, Bobrovsky in in uh, Los Angeles, and then right before the Florida Panthers do return home uh, b- before facing the Oilers uh, and all. So definitely going to be a fun one. Ten thirty, it'll be on Valley Sports Florida uh, for for everyone and all. So definitely, uh, definitely looking forward to uh, the Panthers hopefully breaking that. But Kirby, I want to thank you so much for joining me on this edition of the Lockdown Florida Panthers podcast. Uh, tell everybody where they can find you and your work online, my friend. 
Yes, for sure. Thank you, Armando. And thanks for having me here again, as always. And we'll be chatting a lot more during the season. Um, people can find me on the X platform, <laughs> formerly known as Twitter, at KJ underscore loops, L-U-P-S. Um, again, we go live every post game right after games. So even on this West Coast trip, um, you can come in, listen, uh, request a mic. Just make sure you're following me and our co-hosts and everything like that. And um, as well in our Discord community, we can get linked in there. Um, if, if people want to get a hold of me on the X platform, be sure to send them the link there. We have game day chat that goes live there during the game. So if you can't stay up for the post game, you can be part of the kind of text chat during the game there that we have going for all of our game day chat. Yeah, and other than that, um, our FLA Cats Hockey Podcast episodes, you can find all of them on Spotify, Apple, and the Believe Odyssey. Awesome, Kirby. Thank you so much for joining the show. And ho- hopefully I will see you soon, my friend. For sure. Thanks, Armando. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast to be notified every single time. The Locked On Florida Panthers podcast jumps into your podcast feed. Don't forget to also subscribe to the other shows on the Locked On NHL Network, including Locked On NHL, Locked On Fantasy Hockey, Flip Livingstone, and Steer Odin, and Locked On NHL Prospects. Thank you once again for making the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast your first listen of the day. So I'm Armando Velez with Kirby Loophole. And you've been listening to Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, or it's your team every day.